All right, everybody. Welcome back to the CrossFit Rife podcast, where we talk about pursuit of health and happiness via CrossFit and the affiliates every day. I'm here with my good time, my good longtime friend, former roommate, <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, and longtime member uh, Brian Ellers, sometimes known as Yee Yee, Yee Yee, uh, sometimes known as Large Redneck, um, but. Uh, Honorary terms. Yeah, yeah. 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 But thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I was trying to think about this the other day. We, you've been here the entire time we've been in this building. Yeah. And then we started. I don't remember when you were at CrossFit Virginia Beach, but we started there together. Yep. And that was, I want to say, two thousand. I left there in two. I left there in like early two thousand nine. I think. Yeah, and that was uh, that was just when I started. This two thousand nine, and that's when I started. That's when I met Tommy and Rob, and you know we were we were doing we were doing that thing. And that was so you've so you've. I mean, so probably the only person that's been with us longer is Nelly. Wow. That I can think of. She was because she was. God, it's been that long. Jeez. Yeah, I mean it's (laughs) ten years, bro. (laughs) Oof. You think I'd be fitter? That's a good point. <laughs> Why are you not that fit? Uh, Maybe it's just because you're such a large human. Yeah, probably. Um, 250 pounds. You can only do so much. We with that. I don't actually think I know this. As 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 much time as we've spent together, like I don't even actually think I know how you found CrossFit. Yeah. Well, let's see. That is a good question. I think it was. Um, it was like towards the end of the Navy, like I was on active duty and we started. Um, so I was out in California and I think I'd, I'd heard about it when I was in California in 2008. And then I came back over here in 2009 and I started looking up and then that was kind of the. Yeah, because there's only a handful steps. of options at that point. Yeah. And it was <laughs> like five, maybe like right. beach CrossFit where Jeannie was at mm-hmm. Virginia Beach, maybe Odyssey at the time. GSS, yeah, GSS, seven five seven. Yes, well, seven five seven didn't come till. Oh, that's right. They were afterwards. Yeah, yeah they were like right after us. Right. Um. Okay. Yeah. So what? <laughs> sometimes I think about those days at with Pat back then, and Tommy. Oh wow! What? Yeah, yeah. That's going way back. Do you remember what your first workout was? Uh, fifty, forty, thirty, twenty, ten, double unders and sit ups. Annie? Yeah. That was Annie. Yep. Okay. Could you do double unders? Nope. What'd you do? Just uh, yeah, so it was single unders, and I would do double under attempts and just, like, slap the shit out of myself with the, <laughs> the jump rope. So it took me, like, it, dude, it took me, like, 25-something minutes to get through all that. It took forever. That is not a good time. No, it, was, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I'm actually surprised Tommy let me do that. Because she, she was the coach. She just sat, everybody had, had already finished like 20 minutes ago. And then, so they were just watching me just suffer through this. Yeah. <laughs> Insert eye roll. The, yeah, uh, it, was, it was terrible, man. But well, uh, my, I had a very similar experience. My first one was JT, and it took me 37 minutes. Ugh. Yeah. That is also not a good time. That is not a good time. <laughs> but, but by far, Kalsu has to be my most hated workout. Of all time. That's 100 thrusters for time, right? Yeah, so it's 100 thrusters. Every five minutes you do – or every, every minute, minute you do a five thrusters. Yeah. I That is one of the few workouts that I've literally quit. Yeah, I've quit that one too. Absolutely. No shame. No I think shame maybe – I think I think I've done that maybe twice in my 12 years of doing CrossFit. Yeah. And this wasn't even that long ago. This was inside of – this was inside of 36 months for sure. Yeah, right. I had yeah. a plan. I was like, I'm going to do – Nine, I'll get out of here in about ten minutes. <laughs> no. At about eight <laughs> minutes in, I was like at thirty reps or something like yep. that. And I was like, This is stupid. I quit. Yep. Like I'll be here for the rest of my life. Absolutely. And uh it's just one of those days I overestimated my fitness. One of the many days I've overestimated my fitness. <laughs> yeah, it took it took it was me. right over here on this corner. I remember it, but it was before we expanded. I was here oh, by yeah, myself. Yeah. yeah. So here by myself is like right by the platforms over here. Just hating life. And I just <laughs> had a full blown <laughs> psychological meltdown. Oh yeah. I knew I knew it was time to quit when I was it took me a full minute to do the ten burpees. So it took me that full minute to do five burpees, or was it five burpees? It's five burpees every. It's a five burpees. Yeah. Okay, so it was like took me the full minute to do the five burpees. So I do five burpees, five burpees, and then a thruster. 
Yeah, which then, takes uh, you right. 60 seconds, at which point yeah. you're just doing burpee. And then I was even taking full minutes off. Yep. Like, I'm just going to yeah. do five burpees and wait 50 yeah. seconds and do another five burpees and then try to pick up. And it, I was just – I was over it. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, why do I suck so bad? Yep. Um, and that was that was within, like, two or three months. I remember that because it was within two or three months of starting CrossFit that I yeah. did that. Yeah. You've been uh, not only doing it for a long time, but – Probably, with the exception of that hiatus when you just literally weren't here for mm -hmm. a year. Yeah. But <clears throat> probably one of the most consistent, if not the most. I can think of like three to five people that are just uber consistent yeah. with coming in to train. Is that – and I kind of know this, like having spent a little bit more time around you than most sure. people. Yeah. But, like, have you always been like that? When, you d when you're into something, you just do it, and it's like, or... Yeah, or it's... Like it's, um... I mean, like, CrossFit, working out in the gym, it's 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 this multifaceted, like, thing for me. So it's, you know, it's it's a way that I find my center. It's, it's a way for me to dump excess energy. It's a way for me to relax. It's a way for me to, like, meet new people. And, you know, it's, it's all of those things rolled into one, which is, you know, it, it's what keeps me coming back, if that makes sense. So. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's and I've been thinking about this. So, Alicia, if you're listening to this podcast, I am now fully aware of the fact that I do this before I speak or before I take a long pause. She was like, "You do this sound where you go, oh, lips back." Yeah, and now <laughs> I'm like, "Damn it!" You hear it? You I hear it now. It. Yeah. So I'm gonna quit. Um, yeah, that's. But I saw that and and, and a little bit more detail. So most people just see you in the gym. And yeah, you're, and right. you're, you're a loud, boisterous Brian who's. Yep. Mildly annoying uh, most of the time. Most and, of the time. Yeah. <laughs> mildly. And, and, yeah, that's putting it mildly. Incredibly disruptive for yeah. uh, coaches. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, Sorry. Are you? I don't yeah, feel like I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to be disruptive. I know. I know you're not. I know you're not. <laughs> it's just I, part. It's just part of the package. I will. You know? <laughs> I will say that any time I've ever had a new coach come in, they like 100% across the board. They've come in at some point and talked to me offline about how to deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, he's just so loud. Yes. Sorry. Just, I sorry, guys. I don't know what to do. And I said, it's just Brian. I'm like, just ignore him. Yeah. Like, that's just probably the best policy. Literally just, just keep yep. on, just keep, keep on, on keep trying. On. Like it, it'll be fine. Yeah. Like, don't feed the bears, man. He's not doing it intentionally. <laughs> he just can't help himself. <laughs> yeah. Zero self-control. Um, sometimes, sometimes I'll catch myself doing it. I like to pull back and, yeah, I, you know, especially I, everybody puts their foot in their mouth occasionally. Yeah, you right. Know? Um, like if it's but, like if it's a super huge class, like Saturday's typically super huge class. Like I'll pull back a little. Well, that's bit, everybody though. though. I mean, yeah. that's just completely out of hand. Right. Just due to the sheer volume of people, but that's hurting cats. Right. Oh, it's the worst. Uh, I love it, but it is it is the hard, it is a very hard scenario to manage. Um, yeah. But I wanted so. You've had like a pretty interesting three years. So most people don't yeah. know this. You lived with how long did you live with us? Well, it was about a year, probably. Probably about change. a year. So yeah. Brian lived with, and when I say us, when I said we were, we were roommates, I'm, we didn't weren't like roommates in college. Yeah, no. Brian lived with my family. <laughs> yeah, with, in, in the with house. my wife and child, uh, <laughs> and uh, for a while, like you, I just remember you were just like, uh, I need a place to stay. Yep. And I was just like, we got extra bedrooms, man. You can come in. Yeah, man. And uh, I have learned since then. That before I allow people to do that, I do need to run it by my wife. <laughs> Shocker, right? Who would have thought uh, that, Fern? That's I did. That's <laughs> I remember. My my wife does love you, and she doesn't love a lot of people. Yeah, that's good. But <laughs> sometimes she's like, "When's Brian leaving?" Yes, and I'm like, "I don't so know. When do you want him to leave tomorrow? Like, what do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but everybody always asks. They're like, "How is it with Brian living in your house?" I said it's completely the opposite of what you see in the gym. Yeah, like right. One hundred percent. It is a one eighty, almost unrecognizable. Sure. Um, which is interesting. I think like everybody has their their social personality, and then they have mm -hmm. their price their private personality. But like, yeah, just, you're up there jamming your nose in the in the in books, the books. And, the, and the computer. Yeah, um, that's what I was doing, man. That was that was my so like I said, you know, going back to. Coming into the gym, it's 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 my little blow off valve, you know, it releases all the pressure. So all that all that build up, you know, it, it, it comes out here in the gym and then whenever I get home, like back at the house, it's you know, it's study time or it's time to focus up and be adult and you know what I mean? Like 
actually produce something. So you just did a couple different things. You got your bachelor's. Yep. In, in what kind? Mechanical. Me- mechanical. Yep. Me- yeah, mech. So mech E. Mm-hmm. And and then you got an internship with NASA. Correct. Yep. So this is if anybody's heard the rednecks in space joke, this is where this comes from. Because <laughs> because <laughs> Brian <laughs> went down to Mississippi. It's tennis. Uh, yeah, it's tennis. Space tennis and yep. worked down. How was that, by the way? We, I don't know if I think I've ever like gotten the full kind of rundown of what yeah. that was like. No, it was it was good. It was great actually. Um, Do they let you touch things? Oh yeah, they <laughs> they they actually let me touch stuff, and it was. Uh, Man, uh, to best describe it, it's it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose, because uh, you know all the engineers and the techs there were just they were probably some of the best and brightest people that I've ever worked with, you know. And it was um, every day was game day for these guys, and you know it was go go go, and we got a test and we got to do the thing, and you know um, like rocket testing was the the industry, and and those dudes don't play, so the the margin for error is very small. Uh, the equipment there is very sensitive, and there's a lot of it. And so, expensive, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. We blew through. We had a valve failure one day, and we blew through almost, uh, I want to say, about $3 million worth of liquid hydrogen in less than 10 minutes. That seems like an expensive problem. Yep, it was, and it was very <laughs> – I mean, obviously there's – processes and procedures and control for that and you know they had to answer for that and you know th- this that and a third but uh, it was uh it's kind of an eye-opener like the work that they were doing down there so it was, it was it's also awesome. a little bit of insight into how much money some of these programs cost for people that don't oh, know man. I'm, I'm pretty intimately familiar with a lot of with with just government budgeting and and accounting that was my life when i was in the navy <laughs> the amount of money that goes into programs oh, is yeah. just absurd and uh, but particularly NASA because it's just so, yeah, it's incredible. But um, so what? So what did you do down there? Like, what is there like a department you worked in? Yeah. What so, did you do? so we were test operations. Is like the is this is like the this is the redneck division. This yeah, this was the redneck. Blow division. things up. Yeah. There's just be like, hey, here's a closet full of tannerite. <laughs> yeah. shoot Don't it, hurt shoot anybody. Shoot it with a twenty-two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So we were EA twenty-two test operations. So we were the guys. Uh, you call them, we called them rocket plumbers. So we handled the fluid transfer, uh, you know, the liquid hydrogen, liquid oxygen from the, from the tanks to the test article, whatever that may have been. Um, several different engines we test while we were there. So are you actually launching rockets or are you yep. testing engines that are going to eventually launch? Yeah. So we're testing engines, right? Okay. So there, so we have this thing, it's called, um, it's called a TMS thrust monitoring system. So the rocket gets strapped to the TMS, and then the TMS gives us a readout of how much uh, pressure thrust it produces, right? So we do um, – you do like a start box, and you, uh, you'll you alter – you know, you either run rich or lean, depending on your locks mixture and, and things of that nature. So, uh, so yeah, we, we actually mash the button to go for test, and we do everything that leads up to and then – and then immediately after test. So you have to have proper equipment configuration and then test and then reconfiguration after test. What, how many tests did you do when you were there? A lot. Like daily? Um, so <laughs> at least once a week we would test, but then there was one week where, uh, week and some change, where we did 10 tests in 10 days. And that was a huge deal because it was DARPA, it was a DARPA-funded initiative um defense acquisition research projects yeah mm-hmm. um so darpa funded that and uh 10 tests in 10 days is uh, we were working pretty much around the clock um and it's big because it does two things it it identifies that an engine can be turned around for space flight very very quickly this is the same engine 10 yep, times this is the same engine 10 times so normally what it does is we'll we'll test and then they have to go in and do an inspection and do mm-hmm. this whole rigmarole, like rundown post-test to make sure all the components were performed adequately and, and no damage was incurred, right? So they had to do all that. And that normally takes like two or three days. So they compressed it down to 24 hours. So, so it was like, so it was a huge thing. And then secondly, secondly, it was, it was ma- mainly for, they're trying to identify possible engines where they can, uh, do daily space launches 
right? So the commercialization of spaceflight is is the long term goal for that. I mean, apparently we're going to Mars. So yeah, soon. Space Force. Soon, Space Force. <laughs> space Join Force. up, man. Join up. Every time I think of Space Force, I think of uh, um, was it Star? No, not Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah Starship. Star- Star- no. Oh yeah, yeah. The the Bug Planet. Yeah, the Cl- Clindathu, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I remember is uh I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. Yeah. <laughs> join mm-hmm. join now. Um Denise Richards was in that, wasn't she? Oh, she was. The stuff teenage boners made of. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. so yeah, her and Doogie Hauser. Um Yeah, yeah, he was like the psychic officer, dude. Yeah, I remember that. I was. I'm still what waiting for that. Movie. I'm still waiting for that point in society where they have co-ed showers like they do in that movie, and just like, <laughs> as a it, young yeah. man, I'm like, how is? Listen, yeah. I mean, like, it is what it is. Like, I'm like, how is this happening? And like, nobody, everybody's just like, chilling. Yeah, it's I'm okay. Like, it's all right. I'm like, whatever. This is weird. Um. Anyway, yeah. That was a quick side. Yeah. Sorry. Trip down into weird tangent. Yeah. The um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I think about mm-hmm. when I when yeah. I think of like, like <laughs> like regular space flight. Um, right. But so, what's the? I don't. I mean, how much insight do you get into NASA? Like, what's their goal? Like, are like when they're talking about like, like daily space flight? Like, what is this for? Like, are we just putting satellites in orbit? Are we? Are we? It's to like be have like a some sort of like stratospheric colony. Yeah. So the the um, there are several goals that they've been wandering around. Um, you know, Lang Langley takes part in a, a, a huge portion of the con ops that they do, and. Um, Conops is continuing operations. Um, yeah, concept operations. Concept operations, yeah. not continuing yeah. operations. Um, so there, you know, there's all sorts of stuff right now. But the big thing uh, on everybody's mind is: can NASA be competitive with private companies? So that's where we're at right now. The the huge money maker for NASA is NASA's SLS, their Space Launch System. So they're mm-hmm. trying to be competitive with the Falcon and the Falcon Heavy. And Blue Origins, you know, hot on their heels. They're, they're trying to do manned space. So flight. Falcon is is SpaceX, right? Yeah, Falcon. And SpaceX. then Blue Origin is who? Blue Origin is uh, Amazon. So Jeff Bezos. Oh, is, that's right. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. Is He's the just doing trips to space. Yes. So or wants to. He's not uh, currently, but yeah. Right. The the passenger was it? Uh, um, it's the new Glenn, I think. It's the new Glenn that does. Uh, it's passenger space flight. So they'll they'll go up. It's a uh, suborbital flight. So they're in space for just like a little bit, and then they float in the capsule back down. I don't remember what the like what like what altitude is space like sixty thousand seventy thousand. Uh, yeah, feet? I, could not, I couldn't. I couldn't say off the top of my head. I can't even remember. Are you that. supposed to be a space cowboy if you nah, don't know that? I deal with stuff know, on the ground. You don't man. even don't know how far you're supposed to go. Yeah, I don't even. I don't <laughs> deal with stuff in space. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, what's so? What's your opinion on that? Like that, like NASA being competitive with private sector? Uh, they need to be. So that's that's tough. They 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 are a bureaucracy, right? And and they, Gov- it's, it's government, a government oversight makes things incredibly difficult. Right, exactly. And you know they're doing the best they can with what they have, and I think they're doing great. Um, there's actually the SLS test occurring right now at Stennis in the B test stand. And uh, they're making real good progress. You should have seen, you should have seen that test stand a year ago. I mean, it was just dilapidated. It hadn't been used since the 70s or 80s. I can't even believe they turned it around and made the it The one functional. in Stennis? Yeah, the one in Stennis. Um, so that is they had itself, defunded uh, NASA for. Oh yeah, dude. They like were, how many years? They they had. Um, it was pretty much they were running on a skeleton crew for I want to say like five or seven years probably. <coughs> yeah, it wasn't a short period of time. Yeah, so that. it like, was. So that's when they decommissioned all the shuttles, and you know they were like, no more, no more manned spaceflight. Like we we're not doing that anymore. And uh, yeah, I forget when that started, but I uh, saw the president just said yesterday they were trying to put the first fe- first female on the moon. Oh, yeah. Did he say that? I'm I'm down. That hasn't happened yet, has it? Oh God, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they need I don't to do think that. it has. You know what? You know why I don't think it has? This mm. threw me off. I was watching this uh, Netflix. No, whatever. Some sort. Of, Jess was watching it. Yeah. It was about. It was about space flight. Mm-hmm. And it was like quasi, real, but not real. I think it's Amazon. I think it's an Amazon series. Oh, so this is like a docu docu series. Kind of, but yeah, yeah, but it's like partly fictional, partly part okay. nonfiction. Yeah. 
and we were having this discussion. She's like, oh, they, the yeah, the first woman on the moon. And I was like, I don't think a woman's been on the moon mm-hmm. yet. Nope. I was trying to figure out, like, when was the last time we were on the moon? Like 1980s. Yeah. Yep. I was like, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but so anyway. There's no money in it, man. <coughs> I'm kind of like the whole going to Mars thing and going to the moon. So what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like well, what? Like, what are we gonna do there? That's the majority of the. That's the majority of the public view. It's like, what's what is there? I mean, well, okay, okay, so, an asteroid. Okay, so Armageddon, yeah, right? You know, and then we have to be saved by <coughs> Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck, right? Yeah, right. And so then we all have to get on these big drills and fly to yeah. an asteroid and, and save, drill it from the inside. The world, yeah. yeah, as long as we can use that catapult around the moon thing, mm-hmm. that'll work. Exactly. The, uh, I just don't understand, like what, like why. Is it just because? Is it? it yes. Is it? Is are there? Are there secondary effects of trying to go to space to give us an advantage somewhere else? Yes, absolutely. Right. So that's what I feel yeah. is like is important. It's like okay, by trying to go to space into Mars and the mm-hmm. Moon, that gives us a strategic advantage uh, f- from a from a warfare standpoint globally. Sure. Yeah. Against other nations, like that's the only thing I can see that would be useful. Yeah, and there and there are <clears throat> other uses. But we're not gonna like pack everybody up in the the Noah's yeah. Ark of of. That's way beyond our level right now. But I mean, the, the the idea is there, right? It's you say, okay, if we can if we can go to Mars, then we have the technology, you know, that leads up to Mars, and then once we get to Mars, we can actually maybe even go farther than that, and we can go push out even farther into the solar system. So that's that's really what it is. It's just it's just you know baby steps I feel like in those technology. Are, I feel like based on if that makes th- sense. It does make sense, but I feel like all of those and granted like where we sit today with technology. Mm-hmm. Those are all one-way trips. <sighs> yeah, I mean some of them, some of them will be. Like you're not coming back. Yeah. A lot of them will be, but I mean, if well, not you know, one based on time. Like, if you're going to go past Mars, like, how long is that going to take? Yeah, it's going to take a, some a year or something just to get to Mars. I think. And that's a, I thought it was way longer than that, but yeah. then, but then it could be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But the but then that and that's assuming that nothing goes wrong. Sure, absolutely. And that's and again <coughs> that goes that goes back to the development of technology. So like we didn't just all of a sudden have the cell phone, right? We we had. You know Morse code, and then we had the Zach Morse phone. Yeah, right. The exactly. Brick. And then you had, yeah, exactly. So it's just this. It started with Morse code, and then bam, we've got the, we've got the, you know, the library in your pocket now, access to the to the World Wide Web in your hand. It's crazy. I was literally just talking to. Where were we? I think we were. Oh, we were at a birthday party this weekend, and just talking about like kids and math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, Jess was talking about. There's a video of this kid who's basically having Alexa do his homework. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not even mad at that kid. <laughs> yeah, That's right. resourceful. That's understanding yeah. like the resources at your disposal. Absolutely. And I was like, why I mean like why I mean there's that's a legit question is like why would like what is the need at this point for kids to I guess it's a building block for other things and yeah. creativity obviously, but like there is no need to learn math at this point. Uh, like no fundamental yeah. need, right? Like right, I can yeah. just pull up a calculator and do it. Like I don't need to know. <laughs> yeah. So we need to identify different strata of math, right? So you have arithmetic, which is the one plus one, you know, completely mechanical that the calculator can do for you. And then there are higher orders of math where, you know, there's this critical logical thought that has to occur and you Mm -hmm. have to know the processes and all that fun stuff. So, uh, you know, being good in the basics, so just the arithmetic and just the algebra, again, leads us to, to farther, more complex math concepts. So I would say – my argument would be – What was your highest level of math you ever took? Ordinary differential equations. What's no, – is there an is there an uh, extraordinary? Yeah. Or so there's partial <laughs> partial differential equations, so PDE and then ODE, ordinary differential equations. Um, so partial differential equations to get a solution, generally you're going to need I just a knew computer. It is, I just knew it as differential equations. Yeah, Diffie Q, right. So is that ordinary uh, or is that Yeah, partial? typically – Typically, so partial, 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 and ordinary is two different classes. At least, but this at is least kind of like the, this is like the clean squat clean question. <laughs> or like if right. I say clean, I'm referring yeah. to a squat clean. Right. So if I say diffy Qs, <laughs> am I referring to ordinary differential equations? Generally, or generally speaking, okay. yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. 
Uh, I did not do well in that class, yeah. as as I did not do well in many many classes at the Naval Academy yeah. that involved actually, actually anything that resembled math. I had fun in Diffie Q. That was kind of my jam. I'm, when I had I'm to take nerd. when I had to take Calc three, and we were no longer doing math with numbers, mm-hmm. I was like, "This is dumb." <laughs> I'm at, what I have about, zero. Yeah. I have zero need for this skill set yeah. for the rest of my life. I am not worried one bit about three dimensional math. <sighs> yeah, I, and that's, I don't. That's I don't tough. care. I don't care. Yeah, three D flow is tough. Yeah, and, I, had, uh, I had to take Calc two twice. I failed it the first time. Yeah, I mean, I should. I should still be taking it. <laughs> Oh, that's how bad I was at it. <laughs> yeah, I got many, many grades. At, I got many grades at the Naval Academy out of pity. <coughs> Lucky they're you. Like, they're, like you. They're like you try hard. Yeah, A for um, effort or C for effort. Yeah. Uh, so, what was the funnest thing about it? Did you blow? Did you like what o- ODEs? Uh, no, I don't give a crap about ODEs. Oh, okay. Yeah, about about NASA. Uh, yeah, about NASA. Uh, the people. Man, the people were really good. Uh, the the work, the work obviously was was super dope because you know you're literally working on rockets. We're doing stuff daily to support tests. And What's your office look like? I imagine like this big office with all these computers and they're yeah. No, it was just it was a cubicle, probably about the size of the room here, maybe smaller. And it doesn't look like the 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 launch room, you know, like from Houston where there's just like. I rows show. and rows of people and computers and there there is that and people are like I've got go flight go flight yeah okay I got a picture of that I can show you that okay and uh, but yeah no my office was just a laptop or a computer laptop two monitors done deal ooh two, dual monitors dual monitors oh all right yeah that's stepping up it was it was good <laughs> the government spared no expense <laughs> for the intern yeah, right so yeah but so what was your favorite part just the so what about the people right so like who's the most interesting person that you met there because i would imagine like once you get into that world of like what i consider super geniuses there becomes some very very eclectic personalities is probably how i would describe it yeah so they're definitely there um i don't know everybody there was a character from the (coughs) the technicians on up to the engineers you know, my boss, Jeff Lott, he was he was hilarious. He called me three quarters all the time because I wasn't a full engineer. Because so, you hadn't finished your degree Yeah, because I hadn't finished my degree yet, so they <laughs> called me three quarters the whole time. Oh, that's, so, in, that's insensitive. That's, yeah. ha- that's hazing. <laughs> right, that's, that's hazing. Were you triggered but by that? I was, actually. <laughs> I hurt my feelings. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, no, Jeff Jeff was a character, hilarious. He was awesome to work for. Um uh, but we had this one engineer, Ryan McKibben, that was there, and he was uh, – I learned a lot from him. What kind of engineer? He was just uh, – I guess you call it the lead engineer, mechanical engineer. So he went to Georgia Tech. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's a tough engineering school, first yep. of all. And then he – right out of Georgia Tech, I think he worked for Ford for like uh, 10 or 15 years or for so. For Ford? For Ford. Side note, have you seen Ford versus Ferrari? I have not. That's good. You should watch it. Oh yeah, yeah, the Christian Bale, right? Yeah, Christian yeah, Bale. Yeah, I need. I'm gonna Matt see that. Damon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't Christ, see that. Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Uh, I thought it was really yeah. good. I have to check it out. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Um, I highly recommend it, everybody. There you go. Rent it on iTunes. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, Ryan he worked at Ford. Right. Yeah, Ryan worked at Ford. What did and, he, do you know? What he did at Ford? Uh, I think he was a design engineer. I feel like um, he expressed a lot of dismay at the the union. While he was there, well, and it I was, and it was, that. yeah, it was one of the driving forces for him to get out because, or, or get out of that whole sector because the union was just like, like frivolous and. It's and a different version of the government. It's yeah, like, it's like right. same. It's like same problems, same right ass pain, just different entity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It brings you all of the same nonsense. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, Ryan, Ryan, like, he was super patient with me because I'm not, I'm not super quick on the uptake with a lot of stuff and uh you know he was super patient with me explained a lot of things and uh you know i learned a lot from him i you know that's not that's not to discount everything that i learned from everyone else but uh i learned probably the most from him and one of you know, the technicians while i was there what um but he was a super nerd like super nerdy like skinny pasty oh. white do you have a pocket Glasses, protector? Pocket protector. Really? Like just run of the like he wasn't a pro he didn't have he a pocket a, protector. Okay. I was like, wow. <laughs> but he, he would he would always wear pocketed collared shirts and always have pins and shit in them. Pocketed. Like, were they short sleeve or long sleeve? They were short sleeve yeah. striped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's and, but okay. he's like super bony, super skinny. 
and he was meek. He was super meek until we went into the until we went into like a briefing for a test, and then he turned into a monster. And I was like, like looking at the guy on the street, you'd be like, look at look at this twerp, right? <laughs> he just looks like a nerd, nerd, <laughs> nerd. Um, so whenever we got into the into a brief, uh, like a pre-launch brief. Mm-hmm. Like he would, he would be listening intently. You could see him; he's like laser focused. And somebody would say something wrong, and he'd be like, "Nope, nope, nope, stop, nope, wrong. You need to fix it." It's like, uh, like very alpha. Oh, dude, yeah. It was like a a, a switch had been flipped, huh. and I was super impressed. I was like, "Damn, God, man, I don't want to cross him in a briefing." It's always it's very interesting to see people in in their sphere of competency. Oh yeah. Versus oh, yeah. When, where they might not be competent. Yeah. And it's like it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. Cuz um, he's super socially awkward. Just like talking with him and you know, he's just he's really standoffish kind of guy, you know, outside <laughs> of that outside of that briefing, but once once we were like in it in the test, in the briefing, anything dealing with any material stuff, oh man, he was all over it. I was kind of scared of him a little bit. <laughs> he was intimidating in in that regard. You he know what I mean? Beat you up with his mind. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Like I feel stupid. Yeah, he would make you beat yourself up. That's how smart he was. <laughs> <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Yeah. Um, what was uh? Is there anything like dangerous? Do you do anything? Uh, I mean, yeah, there, there's always, there's are always. Are you turning wrenches or like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, <coughs> so the, the text, sorry, I think we're both like sick. Yeah. Day, we're so. just hacking. Sorry for the cough. Um, so the techs were doing the majority of the wrench turning, um, because it was, again, it was unionized labor while we were there. So the engineers couldn't really touch anything, but, uh, you know, I, I tried to watch as much as I could, the techs do the manual labor just so I could see how they did business and so I could see what you know, the inside of the pipelines look like. And there's always, um, there's several things actually, but there's always the, the danger of a liquid hydrogen leak. And yeah. if that happens, it's like a, that's like a, Oh man. Cause that's how the challenger blew up. Is it not? Yeah. Though, so they had a sh- uh, ring like shrinkage, O-ring, right? Yeah, yeah. A ring shrinkage. That's what they traced it back to. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, anytime we work on any element of the pipeline, you know, two valves back, it was the, was the safety rule of thumb. Right, so if one valve fails, you got another valve in between. So lock out, tag out those valves. Um, so two is one. Yeah, correct. For everything. For everything. That's a lot. Even even if, if it was like a, a vent line. I mean, these these were obviously the rules similar to the Navy, and that the, these rules have been written in blood essentially. So somebody yeah, along NASA the line probably actually follows the rules, where Navy's yeah. just like, yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, just gun decking all day. Tag it out or yeah. or don't. Right, it works. <laughs> Nobody touched yeah. that. And but these dudes were super serious about the procedure. Everything was checklist driven uh, because safety is such a big thing. And uh, you know, if you get a liquid hydrogen leak, it's a it's a big deal because the ignition energy on liquid hydrogen is so low that the a static discharge while the liquid hydrogen is leaking can actually ignite it. So really, yeah. So it's it, and. And even less than that, um, I've even heard stories, they talk about the friction energy. So whenever anything rubs up against something else, there's obvious friction there. Well, the same thing occurs whenever liquid hydrogen seeps through a crack in a pipe. There's friction there. So that friction actually creates energy, and that energy can be a source of ignition. So it auto-ignites, essentially. That's that's how volatile liquid hydrogen is. So if I just... just Basically, the, the the equivalent of me pouring coffee out of this cup would cause it to explode. Correct. Seems dangerous. Yeah. Very I like, dangerous. I feel like we should find another fuel source for that. <laughs> well, they they have them. They have uh, methane, uh, liquid, uh, liquid natural gas rocket engines, and Blue Origin's big in on. Could those. you use nuclear power to go to space? <sighs> you could, but not. D- It'd be does hard. nuclear power have? The, I mean, it has to. Does it have the? Does it have the? We uh, no, I guess controlling combustion under under right. with nuclear power. So that that's 
your problem number one and problem number two is you don't really want combustion with nuclear power right exactly so we need you need a shit ton of thrust right and you need thrust almost impulse thrust to get out and nuclear power you you can i think generate it but i i don't know because we don't really use direct nuclear power we just use the nuclear power to turn the turbine right Mm -hmm. so steam turn the water to steam steam turns the turbine right that's how general you know nuclear power works but in in order to convert it to rocket level thrusts i I don't know i'm sure greater minds than myself have considered it but not me Hmm. i don't know never thought of it speaking of space travel (laughs) and aliens yeah have you seen the netflix series with bob lazar yes i have yeah what do you think about that dude I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I think the dude obviously worked for the government because he says things and and mentions things that I've seen in the Navy and heard about in the Navy. And it's – so he's obviously done the things, that, but I don't know – I don't know. He's so, he's so convincing in, in the series that it makes it makes me want to believe, right? The one <laughs> – you know what well, I mean? I want to believe there's aliens, but <laughs> right. there, the the thing that I thought was crazy was the FBI. So yeah, you're know the, right. the spot where, he, where yes. the the producer they turn off all the so if anybody who hasn't seen it, go watch it on Netflix. It's like it's called Bob Lazar and Area 51 or something like that. But yeah, if you just and, Google and, Bob Lazar and it'll come disregard up. the Mickey Rourke commentary in between the the <laughs> thing because that's yeah. terrible. Shut up, Mickey uh, Rourke. Yeah. No one cares what you yeah. have to say. <laughs> you were done after the wrestler. Um, yeah, right. The so, so they like turn off all the cameras, everything, yeah. and 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 they they talk about something. I don't remember what it was. And like this yeah. didn't get put out anywhere. And they were. Right. I think he mentioned that he had taken some of. That's what is it? L one fifteen or something. Yeah. Like that. So yeah. yeah. And the next day, and this dude lives in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like he doesn't live in D.C. Where, yeah, <laughs> where just right. hordes of FBI agents somewhere are, out west in Nevada, yeah, like Arizona or, yeah, or Nevada yeah, or something right, like yeah. that. And then he's uh, I, like, the way he made it sound was like the entirety of the FBI showed up to his building <laughs> to raid <laughs> yes. to raid his office. He's yes. like, there was twenty plus cars, there were sixty agents that That's showed insane. up to just ransack his office because yeah. they're like, yeah. he's got the element, we know he does. And I'm thinking. Yeah. They're surveilling this dude all the time. There's probably like a team. Oh yeah. That they just put them like your Bob Lazar team. Like yep. you just watch this guy. It's that. It's it's that. It's that episode in those movies where you know, which is completely unrealistic. Where like they have this like Google Map image and then they just zoom in real quick. <laughs> yeah, right. Like crystal clear image of Bob Lazar. <laughs> yeah, they're like yeah, watching right. this. They're like watching us in the office right now. And yeah. I'm like, that's not real. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um. But that's what I imagine. Like I'm always like, man, and he and then so. What he talks about in there, and then the the other guy that was on Joe Rogan, Commander Faber. Yeah, I saw I saw bits and pieces. And of that. he talks about his interactions with unidentified flying objects. Mm-hmm. And they were in the middle of a workup when they were when they saw that thing. They were out there flying. He said it was the craziest thing he's ever That's, seen. Yeah, and, and, that is not and he's full blown not crazy. No, like yeah, he's just a normal dude. Yeah, just a CEO of an air wing. Yeah, and it's like. You don't you don't get a, to be a oh, CEO no, I think of an he, air no, wing. He, I don't think or was he CEO? Or he was a squadron CEO, I think. Okay, yeah, he yeah, might have been right. later, but I think in that yeah. time he was he was a squadron CEO. Okay, but yeah, yeah. The it was man, it was crazy. So then I was then I was trying to figure out like why haven't they haven't figured out how to use magnets to work or like use gravity at, like in a reverse propulsion? Yeah, I mean that's uh, so they so they do they can. Um, they do it now with superconductors. So superconductors, they'll lower the temperature of a material uh, to almost zero Kelvin, like as close as we can get to zero Kelvin. Mm-hmm. And then you you can literally like just put Kelvin them. is a m- another me- measurement for yeah, heat. For, yeah, for temperature, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so you lo- you lower the temperature, things super low, and then you uh, you can put a magnet on the thing, whatever the material may be. You put that magnet on that thing, and it'll float. Because it's it's the magnetic uh, the magnetic field, but you can't if, control if that makes it. it. Yeah, you, you can control it by like. But you can't it. you can't control the field. No, yeah, you can't control like 
I'm sure you <clears throat> maybe you could. I don't know. But I know that you can control the path by because that's basically what material. Bob Lazar was saying is like these right. machines had the ability to, to control magnet. control control gravity essentially yep. via some sort of yeah like and I, they never figured it out but yeah they the, could they could go they, they had it was almost like he the way he described it and the way that Commander Faber described it was like that they. they it was like they operated in a vacuum, mm-hmm. so there was no friction. They didn't have to worry about gravity. Yep. They, there was no propulsion. It was just zero to whatever speed they wanted to go to immediately. Yep. They could stop automatically. Yeah. They could change directions while going full speed. It was just like the craziest stuff. Yep. And So if you move, it, it, we talk about this in engineering, too. If you remove friction from an equation, you, what you've created is a reversible process. So what reversible means is that it's zero-point energy. And what that means is... It create it's it's almost no energy required to move. to move it. So all you're doing is just bending gravity to your will. And and I really like the part where he said um, it really resonated with me. He said you put a bowling ball on a bed and then you push the bed in front of the bowling ball. You like push it down to the bowling ball and it rolls to where you pushed it down. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very similar like thing. That they're talking about when they, when we manipulate gravity. In oh, that meaning way. you're just moving gravity out of the way. Yep. And it just fills empty space. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and you know what else is crazy too? And not I've thought about this is that so lots, lots of things. Yeah, lots of things. Um, so the things that Bob Lazar was saying married up. I don't know if you've seen the series Ancient Aliens. No. Okay, it's so a History Channel thing. Right? Yeah, it is a History Channel. I can't like, get into that. See, and you know, I watched a couple episodes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they were kind of wild and crazy with a lot of their speculations. But there were several things in there that I was like, that's an interesting point. Um, what's up with that? Uh, so you know, I would watch a few episodes, and anyway, the stuff he Bob Lazar was saying was marrying up with the stuff a few things they were talking about in the ancient alien series. So there was well, a, that's the whole a little thing. bit of cross contamination. So there. that's so the whole know. thing with Bob Lazar is that anybody that's ever like nobody uh can come up with any means of basically disproving him right. that he's wrong. So that's like the that's like that's the a big, that's a big it's thing. like the big elephant in the room and yeah. they're like, Well yeah. he's not wrong. You know? Like You're not wrong, but do we don't know but if we he's can't, right. we're not gonna admit yeah, that we're right. not gonna admit that we have aliens, you know. Yeah, because that's that's. A and then the way addition. he describes it, I'm like, man, I'm like, this is literally Independence Day. Yeah. Like yeah, when we <laughs> when we just when Will Smith goes down <laughs> yeah. there and there's a bunch right. of aliens trapped in these rooms, I'm like, this is this is what it looks like in there. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on in here? What about when he punches that alien? <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> what um, a great movie. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, the second one was a little weird, but but Jeff Goldblum was in it, so that's always makes it good. Oh yeah, yeah. The were you always into that kind of stuff? Yeah, kind of, man. It was. Um, I guess two questions. Did you always do well in school? No, I was a terrible high school student. So when did it? So, like, I'm not gonna say when did you become smart because that's not how it works. But <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not. Um, so actually, so I focused up. Uh, so I got off active duty and. What kind of student were you in high school? Like terrible. Oh yeah, terrible. I was like. Like a F. Yeah, like barely graduated, kind of. Did you play sports? Kind of student. Yeah, I played freshman year. I played football, and then that was it for me. Because that. What did you do? I worked. I mean, I was just. Where did you work? Clark Tire and Auto. So I worked on cars, changing oil, changing tires. That makes sense. Like that. Yeah. I mean, so. that's not it. Like that makes sense now. Yeah. Right. But it was. Yeah, I was. Just, I was just a. No focus. No motivation. Just. Uh, just a typical teenage lethargy right there's no no i had no goal i had nothing motivating me there was no fire there was it was just like bleh, all through my teenage so where's the catalyst come in here because that that's a that doesn't marry up with a guy who went back to school yeah studies you know 12 hours a day to then go get a internship <laughs> with nasa and wants right. to work at spacex you know like yeah i think i think it was just the navy in general um you know, specifically going. You know, it was it was just this big it was just this big journey that I that it, it changed me, right? The Navy, you know, they say they you get out of the Navy what you put into it, right? And I was like, all right, well, let's go all in, let's see what happens. And uh, 
you know, I came out the other end completely different from when I went in. And How long uh, were you active duty? Like five years? Uh, six years active. And then and you were an OS, right? Yeah, I was an OS. Yep. Were you like Joe Navy? I was, man. When were I, you? When I first got in, I was like, yeah, this is my thing. Like, I finally found what I'm going to do. Like, I f- We would have not gotten along. No, yeah. Well, so that didn't last long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, never mind. This is yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I was like, oh, God. Uh, so the first – so. I wasn't the guy in boot camp going around telling people to shut up and, and stuff like that. I was just kind of – I was just there for the ride. I was just people watching mostly. When I got to my first ship, I was like, all right, we're here to work. So let's get to work. And, uh, you know, I found out real quickly that the work never ends. And there's always, Ever. Uh, there's always something to do. And if you Always. Get, and if you get that done, guess what? There's more shit to do over here. Uh, this was a this was an <laughs> internal conflict that I had for oh, the yeah. entirety of my – yeah, duration in the military for whatever that was, almost sixteen years. So, you, but so were you academy? You, you were academy. I did. You were you super Joe Navy when you got out of the academy? No, I was. Were you already bitter with the Navy before you even? Got I was the epitome of what you probably don't want a midshipman to be. <laughs> nice. Like I was, <laughs> yeah. was terrible academically. Yeah, I. You know, had holes in my shoes, never shined them. Nice. I just a dirt my bag cover out. was yeah, it was kind yeah, of a dirt bag. Yeah, I mean, I don't know really how else to explain right. it. Like I was kind of a th- now context matters. The sure that is a hyper focused environment. Sure, where yeah. the atten- like the people that you know that thrive in that environment, like they care about. <coughs> everything they care about oh the yeah. crease in their uniform the they details. care all of the, all details. the details and i just didn't care <laughs> i was just there to play just basketball man. Yeah. just there to play basketball yeah. and um yeah so i i have never i have never minced words about this i was not a good midshipman mm-hmm. i was i was you know of the five years between prep school and uh the time i graduated i was on ac- academic probation so let's call it whatever that is Oof. Uh, let's call it 10 semesters. I was on academic probation for nine of them, bare minimum. Right. I went to summer school every every year because I was behind academically. Uh, I, now, I didn't get in a ton of trouble. Yeah, right. Right? So I got. I think I got demerits once. Got put on restriction one time. Mm-hmm. Missed a formation. Nice. Uh, now, yeah. that doesn't mean I didn't break the rules. I was <laughs> just, just – I was just – Yeah, I was pretty yeah. slick about it. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely I – was, I was probably the person who just – I was just kind of a thorn in people's side. Yeah. But not so much that they needed to do anything about it. It's just kind of the guy who's like, oh, God, why? Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Yeah. So that was me. Uh, And that was me for a little bit of my officer, uh, my junior officer career as well. Um, Sure. When you, was was there there a point where you just like shifted it, shifted gear, and you're like, all right, professionalism, you know, we got to, we got to. We gotta no. change. We gotta change the. No, and that that and that is uh, that was probably like a. Um, now I was never. I was never. I'd gotten a little trouble as an officer, I, but I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was like a shit bag. Yeah. I right. was. I was. Um, I turned into a shit bag. Like I. I showed yeah, up. Yeah. So you know the first two two years in the navy, I was Joe Joe Schmo squared away. Yeah. Four right? O sailor across the board, and then. The more I got into it, the more I just didn't care. Yeah, my my downfall was like my refusal to play the game because I didn't understand that. Yeah. That like how like how and why that would be beneficial. Uh, I was just like, right. I was kind of the guy who was like, I'm gonna go against the grain because, just yeah. because, right, for no particular reason, <laughs> just because, <laughs> right, um, which is dumb, you know, and uh, it it didn't well, help. Yeah. It didn't help me any. Right. I, I made my life a lot more painful than it needed to be. Um, but I, like as you get older, as you mature a little bit, your your focus shifts a little bit, and then the, yeah. the pushback was not about me. Then the pushback was uh, was oversight of the people that worked for me. So if people right. tried to encroach on the team, that's when I would be really productive and, and combative and yeah, super uh, territorial, uh, yeah. territorial about yeah. uh, about these rules. Are my, these are my guys. Yeah, yeah it, right. Or just about like you know I'm not one for rules, but if you're gonna try to screw my my people over i know the rules and i'm more than willing to break yeah. them but now i'm going to enforce them because you're being a turd right um so you know i got in plenty of you know quarrels if you will over stuff like that but i, sure. I never cared i was that's another thing i've, I've always been 
quick to argue. Like I'm not afraid of a good fight. <laughs> Shocker, yeah. Yeah, huh? I'm not afraid of a good fight. Yeah, but that, again, that's not super healthy all the time either. It, right. th- it needs to be tempered, and um, I've that's, yeah, that's something like pick pick your battles. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's something I had to work on, and and still do to some extent with yeah. regard to like, just is this is this healthy? Is this like, worth it, yeah, is me over? poking yeah. this person in the eye healthy or not? Yeah, and, I still, and, I still. And am that. I doing this because it makes me feel better, or am I doing this because this is actually what should be done? Right. Because uh, I'm gonna feel better for like two seconds, and then yeah. it'll be over. And then they're like, "Wow, what was a waste <laughs> of my time?" So yeah, my my motivation has always been the the need to be right. I mean, I have to be right all the time. You know what I mean? And that was like, yeah, I get that. I actually, <laughs> no, I don't care about being right. Yeah, like I gotta be right, dude. Like I, I just want the right answer, but I don't care who's right. Yeah. Like, if you're right, then I'm in. If I'm right, right then I'm also in. But yeah. I'm not necessarily seeking credit for being right. Yeah. And like, I'm, I just want I just want I'm like the desired end state. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't care how we get there or, or who's right. responsible. Like, it just doesn't matter. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. You know, like, everybody's going to forget anyway. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get to that, and it's, it's hard, but, you know. So, so if you were a complete yeah. turd. Mm-hmm. And you didn't play sports growing up. At what point did you dive into fitness? Ah, uh, man, I you know again Navy probably because uh, yeah, but I mean the Navy's not the fit- yeah. the fitness mecca that people believe it to be. Sure, and well, so the big thing for me was it's actually uh, terrible. Yeah, was going to buds. You know, um, that was that that right there was an eye opener. You know, and it was and it, you left due to injury. Yeah. Yeah. So how long? How far in? Uh, it was in second phase. How far in second phase? Uh, second week, second phase. What happened? Running the O course. Oh. Yeah. Came down off slide for life and uh, screwed up my knee real, real good. Okay. Yeah, and that was a med roll that uh, <laughs> turned into a med drop. Oh really? Yeah. How long were you in hold status? Uh, I want to see. It was like a month and some change. Just brown so shirt, brown long, shirt, yeah. rollback land, yeah. So there was a there was a doc there, and he kind of had it out for me because I'd been to the fleet. He's like, "Oh, you've been to the fleet, and you don't have your ESWAS. Well, let's just send you back to the fleet." I mean, he kind of has a point. Uh, no, <laughs> <You're a turd. laughs> no. is not hard uh, to get. It's bro. not. It's not. But I was so. Th- so going back to me not necessarily being a turd, I actually yeah. had. I actually had as a. <clears throat> again, so I would con- describe myself as like. I'm not I'm not the show pony officer. I'm not be like this is the best officer that we have. Yeah, right. I am how I I was however the guy that you called when you wanted to get stuff done. Sure. Where they're just like this is a dirty job. <laughs> we need somebody to do, do it. it. Yeah. There's some gray lines here Let's that <laughs> <here>. somebody <laughs> who can make this happen bend, right. bend the rules a little bit uh, yeah. but get a result. Um but I had three warfare pins. I was OD qualified. Um Yeah was a SAR swimmer, like a helo control officer, like all that stuff. Like stuff that most supply officers never, ever. Right. Yeah. You had some – sounds like you had some line officer quals. I had a lot of line officer quals, like a lot. Um, Looks good for a disbo. Well, but I did it because I was trying to do a lot transfer. Ah, But in – so I was doing it in order to achieve something else. But in hindsight, it just made me – it made me a, a better, well-rounded officer. It was it was a yeah, good. it was a byproduct of of me sure. trying to achieve a goal. But yeah, um, and that's and that's similar to me. Like the the whole fitness journey with buds. It's like, man, when I first showed up, my first class two five eight, it was terrible. Like I got, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't really ever two five eight. So this is two thousand five. Yeah, like late. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a while ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because all the guys in my class from the academy were all, all like two five two. Yeah, so that was um, yeah, that was a really long time ago. It's weird to think about, but showing up, I was completely unprepared. And you know, y- they say you can't really prepare for kicking the nuts, but I mean, you can at least build a bulwark against against just some of it. Yeah, right. And I, but I was just even at buds, I was just a turd. I was always in the goon squad. You know, I was always getting my ass kicked in PT. But is that because you were unprepared or because you didn't? Yeah. I, I, I not, because, not because you didn't care. No, yeah. It was just un- complete unpreparedness. Like, I just – I figured I could run and do some push-ups and pull-ups and I'd be good. And, you know, it was – I just 
was not expecting what it what it was. I find that to be so comical <laughs> that it's I don't even know what to say. I had a one of my good buddies. Uh, his name is Marshall Boyd. He super successful guy on the teams, but he w- he said he had a guy, an enlisted guy, when he was in buds that came up to him at some point during like the first couple days mm-hmm. of buds. He's like, "Hey, sir, <sighs> is there supposed to be a lot of swimming?" That we have to get into. <laughs> oh, and, man. And oh, man. I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, some yeah. recruiter, some recruiter. Sold him a pile Sold shit, this kid up the river. <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> like, man, it'll be fun. It's like yeah. camp. You go to camp during the summer. <coughs> yeah. You'll be at the beach a lot. Hey, man, we're just going to we're just gonna work out on Coronado. I was like, I was like oh, my God. And I can just imagine, <laughs> I can just imagine this guy who's, been working for four years like it's it's the most competitive place to get a slot to go to yes out of the academy you know? yes right he's a he's a water polo guy and he's a physical specimen sure you know and i can just imagine the look on his face and he's like how did you get uh, here like what, the, what yeah what happened that you are here right now asking me this question yeah there were some there were some serious serious shit bags buds man like which, dudes, which I find hilarious. But. Dudes wouldn't shower. <laughs> like that's, that's just gross. Oh man, it was terrible, man. It was terrible. Um, but the, then again, you know, there were there were some really really good dudes there too. But uh, yeah, I'm sure. And and I I just remember, I remember there I, I had heard there had been a lot of swimming, and this is before the whole like social media explosion about seals and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So I mean, you could you could go find some training regimens, but you know, my big thing was I taught myself how to do. The, the combat side stroke. Oh yeah. And this and you know, I was eighteen years old. I couldn't even freestyle. You know, grew up in North Carolina, redneck, mountains, you know, I the biggest body of water I've ever been in was a pond. I was I was gonna say bathtub maybe. Yeah, yeah, bathtub, yeah, exactly. And uh why is this six foot four man <laughs> side stroking in the bathtub? <laughs> yeah, right. What what is that's not good. Can't learn that way. But yeah, I did. I would get off work um, when I was on USS Wasp. I'll get off work and I would w- walk right across the pier over to the pool. Q80 is that? Yeah, it was yeah. Q80 gym, and I I just did that day after day after day after day. Yeah, I remember that. I did that and for that, about two years. That was the one thing that paid off. I did. I was very good at swimming and very comfortable in the water. But everything else, I just kind of got smacked on. That is a requirement. There. That is definitely a requirement. What um. So you're leaving on Sunday. Leaving on Sunday, yeah. Where are you? So you're going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. What's the job that you got? Uh, so it's a consulting analyst for Accenture. What's Accenture do? Accenture does well. So they do a lot, a wide variety of business services. Uh, Accenture does. So they do IT, government consulting, consulting development programs. So they'll do, um, you know, they'll train consultants to go into projects and situations and look for. Ways to improve efficiency, ways to improve workforce. You know, how can we? Just like Lean Six Sigma stuff. Yeah, some some of that. You know, it's it's at this point, it's it's still more or less unclear to me specific because I, I haven't worked on a contract yet. This is just what I can understand generally from the media and stuff but like that. But this is so. not involving anything with regard to space. Yeah, no space stuff. Got it. Yeah, unfortunately. So this is this is a completely different sector. This is all business all the time, and uh, you know it's an unfortunate side effect of the fact that there's um, just not a lot of money in space. It's not a lot of money in space exploration right now. I mean, it's it's getting there, but if you want to go make a good paycheck, don't get into space. Really? Yeah. I feel like it'd be the opposite. Mm-mm. I mean, you can still get. You can work your way up and, and earn a decent living. I'm not saying that people that work in space are broke. I'm not saying that at all. But if you want to maximize your earning potential, do something with programming, network engineering, or business. Somewhere around in there. Well, there's a return there. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, not, there's no, like, return exactly. in space travel until until at some point there are consumers. Yeah. If Like, if we found oil on Mars, there we would have been there yesterday. You know? <laughs> That's probably true. You know? So... Come on, Mars. Yeah, right. Let's just dump all the money. I mean, Mo- ExxonMobil will just dump all the money into space exploration. and That's a that's boom. an interesting question, though. Legitimately, how long do you think it would take if they're just like, there's oil on Mars or something better than oil? Like, 
It had no emissions. Yeah, right. But gave you the same some some resource that yeah, yeah. we could exploit. It, 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 just energy to, to infinity. Energy yeah. in a bottle. Right. How long do you think it would take to basically get there and then figure out how to mine it and transport it back? You know, I think I think we have the capability now to go to Mars. I would bet you could do it under ten years. Oh, e- oh, easily. Because the money that people would dump into it, oh would, yeah, like man. for the long term investment of that, would yeah. be just. I say, I say, less than five. Crazy. Less than five. How long did it take SpaceX to basically go from standing up the organization mm-hmm. to to landing that first rocket? <sighs> like five years. Yeah, it was a super quick turnaround. So they so they first started doing. I want to say they did their first few test flights. Um, smaller rocket engines. They were doing them down in South America and Argentina and stuff. Um, God, was that two thousand three or two thousand four? Something around. That I don't area, know. Maybe I know it was. I know it was incredibly fast. Yeah, though. and and you know they turned it. And you know Elon Musk being being the the guru that he is. You know he just he subsidizes genius is what he does. And by virtue of that, they were able to just you know bring the needle to the red so fast. And uh, if if anybody's gonna do it, it's gonna be it's gonna be SpaceX. Really. Listening to his podcast with Joe Rogan, I wouldn't want to be that guy. <laughs> Why? There's too much going on in that dude's brain. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going. That'd be constantly. exhausting. Yeah. It's it sounds like he deals with some sort of uh some sort of probably constant manic depression. Probably. Because he's like too smart and he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. With all of his like thoughts. Well, I mean, he's 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 chosen well. If you have all these thoughts, you might as well dump them into something and and bring. I think they're almost done with the tunnel in L.A. Oh, dude, yeah, that'd be great. We can go from one side of L.A. and the other like four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just never going to L.A. though. I'm like so. we're there. No, I'm definitely not going to L.A. Um, I'm not missing out. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> well, listen, dude. Um, you've been a member here a long time. Yeah. So I want to publicly say thank you been an awesome addition to the gym i appreciate thanks, it man. thanks for having me dude it's uh, been absolutely bro it's been a journey for sure man it's cool i can't believe you guys put up with me as long as you did <laughs> gotta pay the bills bro. <laughs> yeah right yeah need that money as long as i'm paying memberships <laughs> yeah. i'm welcome um but yeah dude good luck with everything thanks man. and uh wish the best are you coming back anytime soon uh we'll see uh there may be some job stuff up here with j lab so um i don't know Cool. We'll see. We're, we're definitely going to ride this Accenture thing for a year, and uh, if it goes good, might continue. If it doesn't, we'll see what else is out there. Cool. Yeah. Well, best of luck, man. Wish you the best. Safe Thanks, travels, man. and uh, you know, hopefully one day we can hear a little yee yee in space. Yee yee. <laughs> All right, brother. <laughs> All right, man.